When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Into Monday morning, into a brand new week, we go. Then again, thinking about it, if it is true what I say on Friday, that Friday does not, for everyone, signal the start of the weekend, then Monday might not signal the start of a brand new week. Might be in midweek or ending. Whatever it is, it is Monday, and we welcome you to it. And we welcome you to light the tower here on the horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the horn app. And at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. So pleased, as always, to be joined by my co host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County and a proud graduate of Florence always. High School. Always. Uh, you know him best for his outstanding work in Orange 24 7. That's Jeff Howe. How are you doing this morning? Very happy to know that Nunley won the uh, the Horn Derby. I don't know if my life could have gone on. There would have been a piece missing had I not known that Nunley lunged ahead and won the Horn Derby. I. I I think the fix was in on that deal, you know. I think you'd have think, to speak to the colonel about yeah, that. I, I think that, that that might have been the case on that. I don't know. Uh, our producer, of course, is the one and only Cameron Parker, who comes off his own busy. I'll say with question mark weekend. Was it busy for you? It was long. It was okay. long. Oh, oh. Did you get that podcast issue figured out, Cameron? That you, when you got locked out of the system. Of course, week? Jeff. Okay. Of course. Okay. It was you were a little perturbed, I noticed. A little bit, yeah. yeah. You said long. Was it not always good? Was that part of the deal? Up and down weekend. Uh I'm just glad I made it to Monday. That's all I'll say. Wow. Did, you get, did you get a golf nap in at some point? Um, didn't watch too much golf this weekend, but I did take an incredible Sunday afternoon nap yesterday. It was so. the best. Good on you. Yeah. Nothing good. better than a, if it's a Sunday afternoon golf nap, really nothing <laughs> better great. than that. Um I had a rare Sunday off uh, yesterday. So uh, uh, Linda and I uh, got some things done and had a nice dinner last night and all that other kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it was unplanned because of what happened, obviously, with over the weekend and two baseball games necessitating that. And we'll have plenty to uh, unpack with regard to that. Speaking of which, Craig, I don't know if if this will come as a shock to you. Texas has dropped out of the D1Baseball.com Top 25. <laughs> well, Just to show you what kind of bat-ass crazy weekend it was in college baseball, how about four teams dropped out of the rankings this week? Yeah, Texas, North Carolina, UCLA, Southern Miss, all out. I would say if they were even in one of the polls, I thought TCU was in one of the polls uh, last week, but of course they also, like Texas, went 0-3. Not only did TCU go 0-3 up at West Virginia, they got run-ruled yesterday, uh, 17-7. And, and the and the And the game-ending run ended on an error uh, afterwards. So, uh, yeah, it was – That's uh, tough. Yeah, there's, it's difficult. And so those two teams are, are, are struggling, and they meet this weekend coming up in Fort Worth. So it's going to be an important week for both of those teams to try to get back on track. Texas State had a difficult time. They they did salvage the final game of that series against Troy. They got beat the first two games, 10-8 and 22-5. And then uh, had uh, had a 4-2 lead and then gave up a two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth. They got down 5-4 and then scored 
five in the top well, of the night. People are already trying to get you fired up on the text line, Craig. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's all right. As, and I only say that because it was direct. Gambling Fanatics uh, text was directed at you. Mr. Way? Oh, care to defend me. David Pierce should be on the hot seat. Yeah. Three college World Series trips in the last five seasons. Yeah, he should be on the hot seat. You can't. I mean, no, you can't defend. You can't defend what happened this weekend. Absolutely, and not trying to. <laughs> there was a point, and, and he isn't either. And we're going to hear from him about that. <laughs> there was a point because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the live updates on the flagship message board at Horns twenty four seven. There was a point in the second game Saturday where I said, uh, I think it got to five one. I think maybe I forget. It all runs together, and I said, yeah. you know. I said, this is about as fun as intentionally taking a dump with your pants on. Ooh, did you really, did you, did you yeah. really write that? Because that's no fun at all for anybody. Yeah, intentionally. Yeah. Doing it. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I know this is unfair to you, gambling fanatic, but every time that there's a deal like this, I, I can't help but think that maybe you had it more than just a rooting vested interest in this simply because of the uh, uh, the the Twitter handle or not Twitter handle the the uh, the text handle. Therefore, by the way, speaking of Twitter, uh, if you have tweeted at me or asked a question of me, I think Longhorn Mama was one of those. Uh, I'm not able to answer it right now. Are you locked out? Uh, not. Not locked out for the reasons you might expect. Uh, it was brought to my attention that someone was trying to hack into my mm. uh, Twitter from Atlanta over the weekend. So then when I changed the password, and I don't know how prevalent this is with Twitter because it's the first time in a long time I've changed the password. When I changed the password, then I couldn't get back in it. And it, and it was like, you've tried too many times. I'm like, no, I changed it. And it's like... So then I reported it, and it was like, okay, we'll get back with you. Give and us a few days. Won't, they won't get back to you. I'm still waiting on somebody to get back to me from the Longhorn Blitz uh, Twitter account getting hacked. That was last summer. So what did you ultimately do? I just created the new Twitter handle. That's why our official account now is at Longhorn underscore Blitz, because at Longhorn Blitz was hacked. And Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I may, I may have to uh, create a new uh, that's, uh, that's a tough Twitter one. account. Uh, may have to do that. We'll see. But I th- so that's what happened to me yesterday. Uh, so uh, you know, if 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 I'm slow getting back to you or responding to whatever tweet you might have, that would be the reason why. But hopefully, hopefully, I can get that resolved uh, soon. So, gambling fanatic said, "There goes your sarcasm." No, no, I'm 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 I, I said I, I really am wondering when I'm thinking about that. It, it you're sounding. Uh, a little, uh, a little salty yourself, fanatic. I'm, I'm just asking. I'm asking the question with, on that. With baseball, to me right now, it's a good news, bad news deal. The good news is there's still a lot of baseball left to be played. Yeah. Bad news is what we saw this weekend doesn't give you a lot of promise that things are just going to get turned around at the drop of a hat. But we'll, you know, we'll get into more, more of this yeah. when we hear that David Pierce audio. Here but, but, but to your question, gambling fanatic, when you say there goes your sarcasm, do, do, do I believe he should be on the hot seat? Absolutely not. I don't. the 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 track record of what has happened in in uh, prior seasons uh, here recently would say no. Uh, uh, but that doesn't excuse or explain away any of the stuff that happened over the weekend or where they are. They were in first place in the Big 12, and they were 14. Think about this for a second, Fanatic. They were in first place in the Big 12. They were 14th, and their RPI, I think, was 19, uh, and they have one really, really oh gosh, bad I weekend. Even wanted, I don't even want to They dropped the 13 RPI spots. Right they, they've dropped to 34 now. Because they were they were twenty one going into the doubleheader and they've dropped thirteen spots to thirty four uh, going into that they have one really bad weekend so that should put a coach on the hot seat so that's what I'm asking you off of that uh, and and back to back years at Omaha and three of the last five full seasons remember there was one year cut off because of COVID they were fourteen and three and number three in the country at the time. Off of that, I'm not even counting that. I'm just saying the 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 three of the past five full seasons completed with with Pete Hansen about to go into the rotation, the weekend rotation. Yeah. Tell me, it, I mean, there were some really good college baseball teams that year, but if I'm going into a weekend series and I'm mm-hmm. rolling out Bryce Elder, Ty Madden, and Pete Hansen, yeah, 
gonna be it's gonna be really tough to beat me two out of three. Yep. Yep. So anyway, so somebody said, "How am I having Twitter problems?" Isn't Elon your neighbor? I does he live in Georgetown? Elon, I, I have not. Elon doesn't live in Georgetown. I don't think he? he lives in Georgetown. He wouldn't be my neighbor. I mean, you know, I know he's got. I have no obviously. idea. Doesn't he have a compound out near Dripping or Driftwood? Okay, that's what I've heard. That also wouldn't be anywhere near where. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Okay, and and again, and and I don't want to monopolize all of the text things with with gambling fanatic. But again, he said good point. But it is OU, uh, and again. That's where I also think people got a little bit too drawn up in the last place or last place. There was there was a total of four games separating first place to last place in in the league going in. Now, you know, uh, going into uh, the, with Baylor's win over Texas Tech over the weekend, from first to seventh, I think it's two and a half games. I think it, it, because there's an uneven amount of games played uh, right now. My point is, is that uh, this this year uh, is a down year for the Big Twelve. I'll be quite honest with you. The number one RPI rated league in the country by far is the SEC. Number two is the ACC uh, by by a wide margin. Number three is the Pac twelve. And the Big 12 may be back into the four slot, but they were right there with the Big 10 and the Sun Belt. And you're right, Craig. Uh, Oklahoma State, and I'm looking at just the Warren Nolan RPI. Okay. He's got Oklahoma State and West Virginia tied for first. The Oklahoma State's 11 7, West Virginia's 8 4. I guess that boils down to percentages. Right, right. Uh, but Oklahoma's in a tie for six with TCU. They're two and a half back of first. Yeah. That, uh, Kansas four and a half back, and then Baylor's five games. So back. my my point is is that in a league that's uh, not top heavy like it has been in some prior seasons, uh, and you can certainly make the case uh, for the ACC being top heavy, the Big Ten being top heavy, and the Sun Belt being top heavy um, uh, with with those teams, it's. It's difficult to get a read just on how good or not good these teams are going back just a few days. Well, I, I think this. Uh, I, this is, after all, however, overreaction Monday, so yeah. I get that. This was briefly discussed um, by the the beat writers on Saturday night. I, I think, and I, I was kind of alone in my opinion, whoever wins the league is going to get a host spot. I, I just have a really tough time seeing – the Big Twelve being completely shut out of being a, of of getting a regional host. Yeah, and at this point, I mean, it, it might be West Virginia, it it might be Texas Tech, Oklahoma State's RPI is back up into the third in yeah. into the top thirty. So I think I think the league will get a host, but we look we've seen years where you know we got we got four or five teams in this league that are host worthy. Yeah, and and that obviously won't. <laughs> Unless one team, and I'm not going to say clearly or by a wide margin, separates itself from the others, but they're going to have to stand alone from the others by more than, say, a game. And some of this also depends on what's happening with the ACC and the SEC. Um, uh, Unless that happens, it might endanger the Big 12 regular season champion being a regional host, which would be the first time ever if it didn't happen that the regular season champ wasn't a regional host. Host, uh, when Kendall Rogers was on with us Friday, uh, he said it would not surprise him at all to see five SEC teams be top eight national seeds. Yeah, it's it's very realistic when you look at it. And say, oh come on, that's that's SEC bias on this. No, look at the numbers, look at the points, look at the wins, look at the RPI. We've mentioned RPI is going to be a much uh, it, it's a much stronger tool of evaluation for the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee than, um, than say, it is for basketball, where they use net rankings, obviously, as a primary source there. So it's that's where that's where things are different. But uh, do they uh, – how much did Oklahoma move up? I think it was – I'll tell you. It was like 20 spots. Uh, I got it right here. Uh, Oklahoma moved up with the uh, – sweep they moved up to 50 they moved up 23 spots to 50 which by the way craig to kendall's point right now as of this morning yeah 
you've got six of the top nine teams in the country in the RPI or from the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and, yes, uh, Chris and Longview, I did. I was channeling my inner Farva when I uh, was on with the <laughs> It's an open bar, dude. <laughs> there you go. I don't want a large Farva. I want a liter of cola. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a great movie. Uh, so, anyway, there's – there's that's that's where it is right now, um, and uh, uh, th- th- as Stoner said, Texas baseball fans not interest, interested in the variance of how those uh, not many rebuilding years goes. Uh, it is true. Uh, so uh, anybody, uh, so there's there's so this is Augie turned over in his grave after that performance. Let me tell you, uh, Jeff asked me about this, and I said, you know what that. That performance of the weekend, especially from the pitching, reminded me of Augie's last year. I tried to block that out yeah. as much as possible. That, that, that 2016 season, it did. It, it, it reminded uh, reminded me of that. And, and let, let me say this, as far as this will be my, it's not really a hot take, but this will be my hot take of the morning. Every time Texas loses a series or you know has a weekend like that, oh, they need that Augie speech, they need that Augie speech. If you follow this program and followed the the teachings and the life and the career of Augie Garrido and all you took from it was that locker room speech, you completely missed the boat on what Augie Garrido was all about. That's true. That's completely true. missed the boat. Yeah. And and most guys will tell you that Taylor Youngman got choked up talking about uh, Augie and what he did and the impact from when we had him on the other day. So speaking speaking of which, one of the few good things that happened this weekend was Team 26 getting his number retired finally. Absolutely. Anytime number retirements have come up, pretty much since I've, you know, we started Horse 24-7, the site launched in August of 2010. Uh, the 2011 baseball season was Youngman's last year. After that, anytime a number retirement has been brought up, I'm like, what about Taylor Youngman? And people are like, well, what about him? I'm like, consensus All-American, National mm-hmm. Player of the Year. He, he should have his number retired. Well, I'm like, there's no buts about it. He should. That And, and it's interesting you, you mentioned that because I had somebody – from outside the area saying, because uh, I tweeted the the photo of him and the family, and it was like, uh, it was like uh, that the response that I got was like, I'm so tired of this thing. You know, that should be reserved for the Roger Clemenses of the world. And I said, well, he's on the wall. And I said, yeah, but it, <laughs> you know, he's already up there. And it's like, and I said, you have to understand there is criteria for it. If you are a national player of the year and consensus All-American, you're going up there on the deal, and you should. Guess who else? Guess who else fits the criteria? Cody Clemens fits the criteria. Mm-hmm. So does Ivan Melendez. Yep, yep. And and I think their time will come. I think both of them. Uh, so I think that, that time will come. Uh, let me say, missed the boat. That was the greatest motivational speech of all time. Look what Texas did after that speech. It was legendary and has gone down in history. That's, a... and that's not, and nobody's disputing that, right? But that. Uh, if that's all you remember from Augie Garrido was one speech, again, you missed the boat on what that man was about. Mm-hmm. It was about way more than that one speech. So much more than that one speech. Yeah, that that was his point. Not that the speech, you know, should be devalued right. or anything like that. No, not not that, because it had its place. It does, but, but that's... But he, again, ask any of his players. Don't take our word for it. Ask the players, they'll tell you what he was all about and what he meant to them. That's why. CP says Austin Wood should have his number retired for his performance against Boston College. 13 innings and 169 pitches and that 25-inning game. So uh, there's plenty to get to. And if you're wondering, and and you may have seen uh, parts of it, uh, snippets of it, uh, uh, David Pierce in the postgame. Now, he joined uh, Ty Harrington on the field after the game, and the things that he said in the larger, uh, the larger media gathering of which Jeff Howe was a participant, uh, he hinted at and made reference to some of the things that he would say just a few minutes later. You're going to hear the whole uh, unexpurgated unexp- uh, rant, if you will, and if you think he's only blaming the players, you'd be incorrect. And if you think he's only blaming the coaches, you'd be there. Everybody comes in for responsibility on it. And I need to correct something on the specs text line. Okay, so we're texting and trying to say Taylor Youngman's high school career started out at Gerald before he moved to Georgetown. That would be nope, hundred percent incorrect. Yeah, 
He was, was a Rogers Eagle. That he was. He was at Rogers. In fact, we talked. He brought it up in our post in our uh, in game interview yeah. when he joined us on Saturday. He said, and I talked. I brought up the whole issue about how much it meant to him uh, playing for Texas, growing up, as I said, an area kid. And he said, well, yeah, I started off at Rogers and did that. And then we went to Georgetown. I said, yeah, you were a Rogers Eagle and a Georgetown Eagle. And he said, absolutely. I watched him pitch as a freshman. Rogers and Florence were in the same district. Watched him pitch as a freshman. I think the closest anybody came to making contact with the ball, I think some kid fouled one back to the screen, and that was about it. The kids just, live uh, on that to this day. Just uh, completely, was. completely unfair. Not a, Taylor Youngman, not a bad basketball player either. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, he could hoop as well. It was good. It was good to visit well, at that with level him. when you're, you know, six four. You're most, yeah. more often than not the tallest guy on the court. Yeah, he. Um, but it was good to visit with him. Enjoyed, enjoyed. Like you said, that was the best part of obviously the series. I know this too, uh, and Coach Pierce will will never say this. Uh, and and he's and he is not. If you know anything about David Pierce, you know he's not. He he never makes excuses. And you're going to hear again the latest example of that when you hear this coming up here in our Longhorn Notebook. Uh, but he couldn't have been too happy about playing the two games on Saturday because it seemed to be necessary and compulsory that they do so. So they did, and he didn't have his pitching set up the way he wanted. He never makes reference to that. Never did. But I also know that he could have been happy about that because uh, he kind of felt like they were going to be uh, short on their pitching. And then the reasons for playing the doubleheader on Saturday were that supposedly we were going to have Noah's Ark-type precipitation yesterday. And it was going to rain, and it was a 90% chance we heard, and there was zero chance really of getting getting in the full game, and they had to do it. And I think he probably felt nudged a little bit by uh, folks and uh, their own staff meteorologists and other meteorologists and the TV weather reports and all that. Everybody said they got to get the game in, so they got to play doubleheader Saturday. Plays doubleheader Saturday, and it does not rain a drop here yesterday. Threatened, cool. Never did rate a drop. Felt great outside yesterday. Yeah. It would have been a good day for baseball. It was kind of funny uh, uh, last night. If you're watching. Uh, KXAN News. Nick Bannon is the uh, is the um, weekend meteorologist, and Nick was in there, <laughs> and and Nick actually said, "Some of you are probably wondering what happened to the rain." And he said, "Our computer models did not do a good job of projecting." So the weather guessers the were wrong. I'm shocked. <laughs> Absolutely gobsmacked. And and and, uh, and Roger Wallace always said to him was when they were doing the you know the tease over to get ready. For game night, Rogers said, "Yeah, there's probably some people over at baseball wondering what happened to the rain as well." But you know that happens. It, sometimes that that's unfortunate that 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 happens, and so they move the move it into a doubleheader, and they play it, and they and they and and lost both games, and that's it's first time they've been swept since 1998 by OU, which tells you about some. And Oklahoma's had some. Good teams, including the one that played for the national championship last year, only last year, and uh, another one that got to the College World Series, got to the semifinals in 2010. Um, so there have been some really good Oklahoma All teams. Right, can I can I just correct one thing on the Specs text line? I know mm-hmm. I, this is you know I don't want to devote a whole show to the text line. Yeah, right. Texter Texan says totally incorrect. I faced Taylor as a freshman. I played at McNeil, and he was starting for Georgetown. I went 0 for four. Yes, Taylor Youngman played his first three years at Rogers. Then and as then a senior, he played at Georgetown. He played one season at Georgetown, three at Rogers. He said that on our conversation. I, the I saw it physically <laughs> with my own eyes, him playing at Rogers. So, yeah, yes, yeah. three at Rogers, and then his senior year he went to Georgetown. Yeah. Taylor Youngman said it. <laughs> Which, our, by the way, is how he started wearing 26. He wore six from Little League all the way through his junior year. Uh-huh. He went to Which, by the way, he got it because his dad was his first Little League coach. He signed numbers based on positions that's correct so taylor started out as a shortstop so he got number six kept six all the way through his junior year yep and then he gets to georgetown and the number six jersey was a medium that's right wasn't gonna fit a six five guy so 26 was available he took 26 and kept it for the rest of his baseball career. he told that story as well in our conversation on saturday so all right it's totally correct that 
that he played at Rogers for three years. You ready, you ready to hit this break and, and reset, Craig? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. uh, so, anyway, uh, that's uh, that's coming up, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, hear from David Pierce. Also, there's good news for basketball. For those of you, by the way, said the sky was falling and – uh, what was the, what was the one that we kept getting the text about? They're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. With Compla- the complaining program. about ba- the transfer portal and and basketball tr- roster building in early April. That's like complaining about football recruiting in early June. Like just just calm down. Yeah, it's take a deep breath. It'll yeah, be okay. It's okay. They're going. They're going to fill, field a team this year. Rodney Terry will field a team. Uh-huh. I can assure you of that. Oh, somebody said, I wasn't calling you incorrect. I was calling the other texter incorrect. Just want to clarify. Okay. Okay, very good. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then here's this. I saw Taylor playing second base at Rogers. That was a sight on his double play turn. That had to be fun to see. Mm. All right. Uh, coming up, yes, you'll hear uh, the complete. My uh, apologies, texter. It's, it's a good time to reset, though. It's a good time to reset. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. And then uh, we're going to get to. Uh, uh, David Pierce, and we'll talk basketball, and there's a lot more to get to here on the Monday edition of Light the Tower. Here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That was Andrew Haynes with a call of 105 through the bat. Reese Atwood, have a weekend. Woo! And it goes back to the finale of the Kansas series the prior week where she had the walk-off single. Then, in the bottom of the eighth inning on Friday, she has a walk-off base hit to give Texas a 1-0 victory. Then you heard the call there. The three-run homer will walk off in the bottom of the seventh. And then they win the last game 5-2 to two with much less drama. But they do the seventh-ranked Longhorns sweep third-ranked Oklahoma State. And uh, so it's a huge weekend, obviously, for Texas softball and uh, Mike White's uh, team. And uh, well done uh, for them. So uh, that uh, is uh, what happened uh, across the street uh, at McCombs Field. With regard to what happened at UFC Dish Fog Field, what we've been discussing and a little more on that, we now usher in this morning's edition of The Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Okay, so Jeff was there. Yes, uh, I was. After the, you were there to witness, as we all did. Now, Friday's ball game, uh, I think I said this to Linda, if you didn't have a rooting interest for Texas, you could have really enjoyed that as a baseball fan, and especially, obviously, if you were an Oklahoma fan. But it was a 2-1, well-pitched ball game uh, there. But obviously, the doubleheader on Saturday is when things totally unraveled. And they get behind 8 nothing because pitchers really struggled to throw strikes. And uh, it, it started with Travis Daly, and then it was Zane Morehouse. And, and uh, you know, God bless Chase Loomis, giving him five innings, yeah. a career long for him. He kind of held things down while they were able to climb back into the game at 8-6 by the time Dylan Campbell hit his home run. Yeah, there you know, and I think we'll hear it in this audio. I know we, we got mm-hmm. two parts of it coming, but David even mentioned that. There, there, were, there were a couple of bright spots. He mentioned Chase Loomis coming out mm-hmm. of the bullpen. Doing what he did in the first game, and then what LBJ did yep. in uh, in the second game yep. on Saturday. Yep, yep, a, a career high ninety one pitches for him throwing in that. So yeah, there were the, a couple of bright spots out. It's of just that. that you got in such a hole, you're just fighting uphill. Takes all away day. your running game and they, all of those other kinds of things, which you'll hear yeah. Coach Pierce say. But they lose, uh, you know, you lose uh, that sort of thing. 
uh, lose that game. And then in game two, they get down 5-1. They chip away, chip away, chip away, cut it back to 5-4, begin a pass ball, allows a run to score. I mean, and there were were things that just unraveled. You'll hear Jeff's question about because pitching and defense had been really a hallmark of what had happened. And a lot of that just escaped the team as well because they actually swung the bats pretty decently Mm in the weekend. But the pitching was the number one struggle of the weekend. It wasn't all on pitching. It's part of it. And then the errors, uh, three errors in the last game, that was unexpected. No, that was that to me might have been the biggest, the most surprising thing of the weekend because they've been they've been really good defensively. Yep, yep, and just just compounded how rough of a weekend it was. Yeah, no doubt about it. So you can understand uh, why the head coach was not happy about it. This was this was the conversation uh, that that David Pierce had. Now this this came right after he, he visited with Ty Harrington on our post game conversation, uh, and uh, he uh, he came over and Jeff was there. And as he was walking up, before there was a question asked, right? It, it's not uncommon for him to do that. As he, you know, just kind of walk up and start giving the the opening a little opening statement before yeah he takes questions. But it's clear that this one was a different tone than yeah. Most. So so here was here was the opening statement to the media, the, the you know uh, television, radio, uh, the, the you know the writers, everybody that was standing there. Probably one of the worst days of my tenure here at University of Texas, and you know it's not because it was just against the University of Oklahoma, but. You know, we were embarrassing, embarrassingly bad, and that's a reflection on me and my coaching staff, and there's got to be some changes. There's got to be some adjustments mentally, physically. Uh, Right now we settled into the middle of the pack, middle of the If we're not careful, we'll settle into the bottom of the pack. So we've got a lot of work to do. Really proud of Chase Loomis today, a kid that grew up as a Texas Longhorn, uh, to be able to go out and pitch five great innings today. Uh, LBJ looked like he was unhittable. Um, But, you know, I think 11 of their 15 runs today were via the base on ball and some sort. So until we solve that problem and we, we don't get better on the mound, we're just always working uphill offensively and defensively, and that's a strain on our position players. And then guys start, you know, worrying about other people's job. And to me, that's a that's a key right now is can these guys be mature enough and can we stay locked in to uh, make a turnaround? Because we've been pretty darn good. We, we're not a great team, and I've never thought we were a great team. I think we've been playing really well and playing well as a team Um, but when you don't do the little things like throwing strikes then you get exposed against a team like OU that don't swing at balls and put pressure on you on the bases and you know when you go back to the fall and you talk about being to the plate less than one three and pitching ahead and it doesn't happen this late in April uh, that's on us yeah so that that's the first part, and then uh, he had some some other things to say, and then some questions from the media who were there, including Jeff Howe. So uh, here's here's the, the the second part of that. I don't know if a surprise is the right word. I mean, this is the Big Twelve, and if you don't play well, you get swept. And it doesn't matter who you play, and it doesn't matter if you play at home, it doesn't matter if you play on the road. If you don't play well, you get beat, and it's that simple. We didn't play well enough to win. They were better than us for three games. You feel like they didn't compete well enough? No, we didn't compete on the mound at all. And then offensively, um, I thought we gave away some at bats. Right. Dave, what was it? I don't know if frustration is the right word, but you guys have been so good defensively this year, and then there were some just some key errors, pass balls, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the catching goes along with the pitching, and pitching and defense uh, is what we're known for and what we're good at, and opportunistic offense, but 
to just get it humiliated because we're not throwing strikes, we're not catching the ball, and then it, you know, filters into other parts of your game. They're controlling the running game. We can't run because we're down by five. We're playing station to station the entire damn game, and you have no other options other than to play it like that until you get back in. So, yeah, it's frustrating, but, you know, this game will absolutely humiliate you. And anyone that doesn't understand that, when you drop your guard for any amount of time, this is what happens. And I'm not saying they dropped their guard, but they didn't play well enough to win, and we didn't coach well enough to win. We got outcoached. We got outplayed. We're going to make some people kind of miserable. And when you look at, you know, the, the great music, the great food, everything that they receive here, you have to earn that stuff. And, and when you don't do things the right way on the field, then you don't get privileges. And so now it's up to them. If they want to earn that back, then they'll play better. That's it in a nutshell uh, about it. And it's, you know, not that he hates his team or anything like no. that. I know he, uh, you know, but... Sometimes that firm stance has to be taken when guys are not. And it's one thing if there's a physical um, shortcoming on being able to do some of the things that you that you need to do to play at this level and play for this program. Uh, it's another thing when the conversations happen and they go over the things and it's there in practice and then – old habits show up in games that don't help the ball club, those kinds of things. That can be the maddening part for coaches when it's been gone over and gone over and rehearsed and practiced and practiced and repped and repped and all those things, and then it does not show up in the game, and then that's that's where where things are. I, I do know this. Uh, he's obviously has met with the team since. Uh, they they work today uh, or have their off day, and then uh, they'll get ready. Texas Southern is coming in tomorrow, and by the way, it's probably the best Texas Southern team that's ever come to uh, to uh, Texas. Uh, when you look at some of the, some of the uh, numbers and the things that they've done, but um, that message that he has had with them, and I and and I, I remember there were similar messages when the team has struggled and flipped the script under Coach Pierce, and then got to Omaha. Is that some of the some of the uh, best stories are the teams that kind of rise up from the disappointment, being and he used uh, the words embarrassed and humiliated th- things like that. Those are the ones that find a way then to get to the postseason uh, and and it'd be able to advance with it because it takes a lot of character, it takes a lot of things to make that. But that's that's what makes baseball unique in a lot of ways too. And when a team is able to rise out of it, like he's had teams do, and then turn around and flip the script and get to Omaha, that's uh, that's when it becomes really special uh, with a group. And this team is a long, long way from Omaha right now. Uh, yeah, that that word probably doesn't even need to be uttered in the clubhouse no, right now. No, my my point for even bringing any of this up is his message has to be about teams that find a way to pull themselves out of that are the ones that ultimately build into those programs. Not saying that this particular team is going there or anything like that, or it's just around the corner, just that you have to find it. They have to find it within themselves through their work ethic and through, and through uh, the conversations they have with one another and the support they have and listening to their coaches and doing the things uh, that are outlined for them. All, all of those things. Um, and there's relationship building. Uh, the coaches have with the players, the coaches with each other with this with this new staff. All of that stuff, I think, rolls into what can turn it around. Because for folks who might say, uh, uh, how how you know uh, you know how can they get it turned? Um, for for our friend uh, Belton Gringo says uh, Pierce is too laid back and seems sedated. You don't know the man <laughs> if you're saying that. He's remember Gringo. He's saying this to the media before he has even met with the team in the clubhouse afterwards. So he's going to be respectful. Augie, the the the, the famous Augie rant, that didn't happen to the media. That happened behind closed doors. So 
the you said the epic meltdown that 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 epic meltdown that happened behind closed doors. So uh, you know those those kinds of things. You said Texas never bunts runners in the scoring position like they should. They tried. Several times. Well, when you're down five one, how many outs are you going to give away? Yeah, and and that especially once they got down eight nothing and five one yeah. in the two games, that's what I mean about it takes it takes away a big part of what they do the speed with their game. And to Gringo's point about how too many Ricky Vaughns on their staff great stuff but can't throw a strike. Hey, you make a good point. There's a salient point that you know Zane Morehouse can throw ninety eight miles an hour, but if you can't get it in the zone. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, 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 Travis Staley can throw 95, 96. Got to be able to throw strikes. And I think the frustrating thing, too, and we saw some of this last year with some some of these same guys, they've seen these guys do it before. They've seen these guys yes. be effective in game situations. Well, and, 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 and I know some folks said, what what happened with Charlie Hurley? He had, he had really been rolling along and had done something. Then you get the start in Waco, and it was just – it was like what we saw on Saturday, what happened in the Saturday game in Waco for him. He came back on Wednesday and struggled again on that. I, I do believe that if with one more day rest, again, it comes back to that whole Saturday rainout thing and, and have – or the Sunday projected rainout, and so they had to play the double hour on Saturday. If it had gotten – if they'd gone ahead and said, no, we're going to go ahead and – and take our chances on playing Sunday, and they would have been able to get the game in, as we know by now. If that had happened, uh, there probably would have been a scenario maybe where you might have seen Hurley start instead of Kobe Minchie, um, who who uh, it looked good in some of the other things, but uh, just he wasn't ready. And that's another guy, by the way, who can throw mid-90s in a great story, but, uh, but wasn't ready for that moment. Especially against a team like Oklahoma. They're going to take Whew. pitches. They were, I think they came into the – the, the series, I think eighth in the country and walks drawn. Yes, I mean, it, yeah. you know, Skip Johnson. His, that's the style of play they use. They they want to be patient. Yeah. They want to work counts, get you deep into counts, and then get on the bases. And I mean, we said that that you know they had some guys with some pop in the bat last year, but that's the style they used last year. Yeah, that's just kind of kind of how Skip rolls. I'll say this: uh, CB and a couple other people have mentioned this, and we got one text. Pierce is cold angry, and that's way more intense. I, and think, I think that s- is spot on. I think CB mentioned this. That's almost like when your when your parents tell you like, "I'm not mad." I'm just disappointed. Like that just cuts so much deeper, you know. <laughs> but that comment, Pierce is cold angry, and that's way more intense. You're spot on. I, I think you're spot on uh, that. <laughs> well, and, and Stoner, I, I want to mention this point because I, I asked David about this too in that availability, that post game uh, little gathering. Stoner, and, and we've heard Rod Babers talk about this. Rod's talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. It says, sounds like Coach Pierce has himself a full-blown playing at Texas or playing for Texas situations. Are you playing at Texas or are you playing for Texas? you got some guys on this team that play. Uh, they're playing for Texas. Right. I think you got some guys that are just kind of comfortable to be at Texas and, and like all the kind of the perks that go with it. And I, yep. asked him, I asked him about leadership. I said, do you think you've got the kind of player leadership that can get you out of this thing? And he essentially said, we're, we're about to find out because mm-hmm. he said whether it's a position player getting onto a pitcher or, or vice versa, um, that's how you get out of these things is when that clubhouse just gets tired of going through the same thing over and over again, that's when, when somebody steps up and really says something and it's not just you know empty, ta- empty words or you know, you're just blowing smoke. That's yep. when things really start to change. They've got to take it upon themselves, the, the, the responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to that and by the way we'll talk uh we'll talk basketball we'll do that next hour in the notebook because i don't want to just give it a couple of minutes because we got good stuff to talk yeah. about there <laughs> chris and longview says i'm the only one that was hoping you'd hear pierce quote bulldor you hit the ball you throw the ball you catch the ball you got it <laughs> that was that how do we know that didn't happen in the locker room maybe it did in the clubhouse uh but uh, and then ice cream maine says it's amazing that cdc hasn't hired some of these fans that are texting me and they seem to know everything listen uh no, uh, and uh, here's somebody else that clearly didn't hear the whole deal. It's a need to stop making excuses for Pierce. He blames everyone except himself. You didn't listen to it. He said, George, he said, they got out coached. They got it played. George, you keep, I'm looking at your string of rants. It's clear how you feel about this deal, and that's all well and good. But it, at least listen to the, listen to what we just played there, where everybody, takes responsibility for it. Everybody. 
comes in for it. You're not listening to it if you didn't hear him say all of those deals in there. But even if you did hear it, it sounds like it's not good enough for you anyway, and that's okay. That's that's your your take on it, and you're obviously entitled to your opinion on it. Uh, and that's why we we read the texts. We read the texts. We read the ones from the ones who are angry, and the ones like Ice Cream Maine said it's. It's amazing that he hasn't hired some of these fans. They seem to know everything. That's that's part of being a fan is you have a perspective and an opinion that uh, that this should be a certain way, that the team should be coached a certain way, players should be playing a certain way, and if it isn't being done, then the coach is solely responsible and there needs to be consequences for it. There may be threads of truth in all that, but quite yeah. often if you don't have all the information and you're not in the locker room and you're not in the clubhouse, like none of us are, it's kind of hard to have the complete picture. I'll, I'll say this uh, before, because I know we're up against yeah. it. I understand there are some people, and, and pe- we got people that text the show. I've got people on the message board at Horns 24-7 that have made it very clear. They don't like David Pierce for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And and like I said, you're, everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's fine. Yeah. You don't like but I think if you look at it objectively, two things. One, no, nobody's going to – you're not in a position where you're going to fire a coach in the middle of the season, so that's a, stop thinking about that pipe dream. That's not going to happen. And two, I would think if you're looking at it objectively, the back-to-back trips to Omaha and the track record at this point should say, all right, you've got a lot of baseball left to play. Let's see if you can dig your way out of this and be in the position to be in the postseason when you get by the time you get to the Big Twelve tournament. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we said beating ACU by twenty probably didn't help. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, remember he emptied the bench by the by the fourth inning of that game. So there's yeah, Ice Cream Main says George, take a lap. Henry from Gerald says the sky is not falling. <laughs> so. Augie, Augie was right. I, I, one of Augie's favorite sayings in the time I was around him, man, this is a cruel game. Mm. It'll, it'll humble you real quick. And and he said that too. Yeah, and yeah. the other thing I learned from Augie is when you start trying hard and that mm. that's when you start pressing and then that's when you get yourself in a world of trouble. So it's it's a lot of mental that they got to go through. But, you know, you've got, again, you've got a series coming up against TCU, against the TCU team that's, Probably, I'm sure. I'm sure Kirk Sarwus is having the same conversations right now and yesterday with his team. I'm sure that was a fun flight back from Morgantown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got you got a Kansas series against a Kansas team that's played pretty well, and then you got a West Virginia team. You, you got San Jose State in there too, but then you got a West Virginia team at home that's playing as well as anybody in the league right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, leading the Big Twelve now. So you've got some opportunities to dig yourself out of this. Maybe you're in a position to host, maybe not, but you're definitely in a position where you're not waiting on Selection Monday thinking, oh, my gosh, are we in or not? No, it's it, – You got a chance to dig yourself out of it's, it. It's now a matter of just them uh, regrouping and doing the things mm-hmm. that they know they're capable of doing. Yep. That's that's where that is. All right. Hey, uh, we always appreciate the, uh, the, you know, the, the weighing in on the specs text time. And uh, so – uh, you know, and you know whether you agree with things or or what, you know that's that's fine. That's your take on it. And, and it's tough. It's tough to you know from a fan's perspective because I've been there. I was a fan, and I've still got teams that I'm a fan of. You know, I overreact to Cowboys games and things mm-hmm. like that. But you have to try to detach yourself from the emotion of it and take a step back and look at it objectively and say, okay, what are we dealing with here? You know, if this was the end of the season and you're talking about a team that's playing poorly now, mm-hmm. you're having a different conversation. But right, and I, I've I've seen enough of this. I don't know everything there is to know about baseball. And Craig, you know, you forgot forgotten more baseball than I know. But I've been around this game long enough now to know there's way too much baseball to just you know etch in stone what this team is going to be this year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is a fair point. Somebody said, Craig, did you? You did mention if they ran out of offense for the series, <laughs> because I, when we uh, David Pierce and I, if you saw when um, I think it was on my Facebook post, there's a picture that Roger Wallace took of Coach Pierce and I laughing, and it was right when the point when I uh, started off the interview and we were talking about coming off a twenty to nothing win over Abilene Christian, and I said yeah, twenty runs is great if it doesn't save anything uh, offensively for this, and he said. 
Well, I wasn't going to say it, but you mentioned it, and we just burst out laughing about the old baseball superstition. And mm-hmm. so so I went up to him on Saturday. I was like, yeah, yeah, that one's on me, I guess. That one's on me. He goes, he said, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> you said it. It's an old baseball superstition deal. All right. Uh, coming up, we do have inconceivable. There's some other things, believe it or not, that are even more inconceivable than Texas being swept by Oklahoma. We'll get to that coming up when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Believe it or not, there is inconceivable beyond Longhorn Baseball. You ever bruised your tailbone, Craig? Yep. Cameron, have you done that? Mm, I don't think so. It's the... And it's just, it sucks because there's literally nothing you can do for it. No, nope. let it heal. You had to sit on a donut. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sucks. I was just watching Giannis fall down on TV and they're talking about, oh, is he going to recover from the slower back contusion? I'm like, dude might just have a bone tailbone. Yep. It broke his arse. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the, entirely possible there. Uh, okay. Here's, here's a couple of things we have for you. Um, first of all. Uh, you're not a big uh, atmospheric guy. In other words, looking at the heavens out there and the solar systems and things like that. You're not. You're, oh, like, you're, do I own a telescope or any, any of that jazz? No, no, uh, no. Not opposed to it. Just you know, neither one of the many things that we cover, Craig. That's neither fish nor fowl. Yeah, me. I like when you say fish nor fowl. I like when you do that. Uh, the um, uh, by the way, there is a geomagnetic storm watch, uh, and and that is. I'm just going to tell you, geomagnetic is one of those terms that makes me power down a little bit. So okay, all right. Uh, Aurora borealis. Okay, now that you know does what that the opposite. Is. Now, now I'm interested. Northern lights, right? Uh, tonight, there's a chance for people less chance in this state, uh, but. 30 states will have a really good chance to see the Aurora Borealis. What's the state closest to us that does? Kansas. The one that's that can see it really well. Yeah. So they said there's there's a chance you can see it a little bit, but it's probably not going to be. Well, figures they don't have anything to get, gets in the way of their viewing. Well, that's it. And it's also about the geography of where <laughs> right, they're right. located as well. They were out last night in South Dakota. Friends sent me pictures. Yeah. Wow. Really talk nice. About, talk about gorgeous. Wow. Okay. And because, you know, they not often can folks pair the words gorgeous and South Dakota together. So that's, that's, that's pretty good. There, there's a couple parts. Yes. I, I agree. But overall, yes. Uh, here's something that was seen in the uh, in the sky. Oh, that was your smelly bus ride, wasn't it, Cam? Where y'all were going to South Dakota? Yeah, from but from Boise. Most of that trip was driving through like Montana. Yeah, which is actually pretty. When when, when you're near uh, is it Yellowstone? Yeah, yeah, it's as a sight to see. Bison on the side of the road and whatnot. I, yeah. Our neighbors were had a bison ranch. Seriously? Every morning, a cup of coffee, and there'd be like a pack of bison in front of just us. hanging out Sweet. there, just chilling. That's cool. Uh, one thing that was visible in the sky that was uh, not cool was if you were watching a uh, – if you had to be looking up in Columbus, Ohio yesterday and you saw an American Airlines flight take off, it was going from Columbus to Phoenix, and then all of a sudden you saw fire coming out of one of the engines. Uh, Yikes. Took off about 7.45 in the morning. Birds. There's always birds involved with these kinds of things, right? You no, know, I think I've covered this. My wife has a friend who, you know, people have different fears. She has a friend who is deathly terrified of birds. I know a lot of women who who are not on board with birds. Uh, my my current wife is not on board with them, and my dearly departed uh, former wife, she hated birds. She Laurie did not like birds at all. Mm. Uh, it just, it just, they were like nasty and, and I was like, did you see the Alfred Hitchcock movie, the birds? And she said, no. And I said, we need to watch that. She's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, probably not. Just uh, skip that one. Yeah. Uh, so bird strikes have increased across the U S bird strikes. Uh, You know, the most famous one is the Sully plane. Yeah. They had to land into the Hudson river, all that kind of stuff. And everybody survived. Um, so birds flew in to the engine shortly after takeoff. 
engine goes out, and you see flames shooting out of the deal. There was one woman on the plane that actually got video outside, looking outside her window of the thing on her. But they turned around and they landed it. By the way, Columbus, Ohio, probably at the top of the list of places Texas fans are least likely to go back to. Yeah, yeah. You know, the further we get away from that, the more apocryphal the stories have become. What I've, what I've heard about, you know, what really happened and all. Well, that I was walking in my car and there was a guy with a flamethrower. Yeah, and... that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> guys sitting there with nunchucks ready to take you out on that kind of deal. Um, speaking of fire, setting you... off napalm in the parking lot. Yeah. I was just trying to get out of there. Uh, speaking of fire, did you see what happened at Disneyland? Uh, there was a fire at Disney Saturday night. Yeah, had this big old dragon going up in the air, uh, and all of a sudden it just catches fire. It blowed up. And it's this massive pyrotechnic, unintentional pyrotechnic show. It was the final showing of Fantasmic at uh, Disneyland on Saturday night. Yeah, it was Fantasmic. The dragon caught fire, they said. Anaheim Fire and Rescue quickly responded. The fire was extinguished. They added all the cast members and the guests were evacuated from Tom Sawyer Island and the attractions near the island were cleared of gust due to smoke and wind. You know, the pirate, pyrotechnic accidents, I've, I've heard of that happening in the uh, pro wrestling world a couple of times. Like, I think it was Rey Mysterio one time that caught on fire because of a bad pyrotechnic deal. Wow. Heard of guys like uh, dry ice yes. going bad and getting like, you know. Second, third degree burn. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Fantasmic is a long running nighttime Disney show at both Disney World and Disneyland. The show features special effects, state of the art projections, superb pyrotechnics, I'll say, and Maleficent uh, as a 45 foot fire breathing dragon. Not just fire breathing, fire consumed dragon. So. Yeah, that uh, that happened at Disneyland. You would feel you got your money's worth if you saw that. Is that as? You know? uh, is that as? Was it as grandiose a, spe- a spectacle as when Big Tex caught on fire? That was pretty several cool. years ago. Yeah, it was right after the uh, sixty-three twenty-one loss Texas suffered OU. Yeah, howdy, folks! <laughs> Welcome to the State Fair of Texas. Do not give money to the panhandlers. You know, which, said, by the way, that that uh, the big Tex incident, Cedric Golden will never have a better lead to a column than he did a couple of weeks later. Which, remember, Texas almost lost in Lawrence. Right, the case had to, case McCoy had to come off the bench right. and save the day. Right, right. And Ced's lead was like this would have been Mac Brown's most unforgivable loss ever, worse than uh, Harold of Crabtree, worse than any of the losses to Oklahoma, including the one three weeks ago that cost Big Tex his life. <laughs> That's said for you. <laughs> okay, I got one other story for you here. Um, you know what a shillelagh is? Yes, I do. Tell people what a shillelagh it's is. That jeweled thing, the jeweled stick. Well, the the one for Notre Dame is. Yeah, but it's a stick. But yes, a real shillelagh is like that. It looks like you know a walking club thing. It looks like sort of like what Yoda uses. I had a shillelagh once that. upon a time. Did you really? It was real close, yeah. I used to carry it around in my party days. Yeah. You didn't try to ca- take it on a plane, did you? No. Good idea. Speaking of the aforementioned Boise, Idaho, uh, you know, they say uh, shillelagh is is a wooden Irish walking stick. Yes, it that is. can double as a handy club or a cudgel uh, to, as they say in Irish tradition, quote, settle disputes in a gentlemanly manner. Well, Dude tries to take it in his carry-on on there. And so the TSA uh, at Boise Airport uh, said it may look like a miniature golf club, but it's not. It's a shillelagh, a Gaelic club. It's a bad idea to bring it to the checkpoint. It's perfect for your check baggage. Uh, it is not allowed as a carry-on. Great job for our team at I, at iFly Boise for finding this item last month. It was prohibited items week. Who knew, right? But you're not allowed to take a shillelagh on a plane. By the way, the best cane or something of that, an apparatus of that ilk, how about Evil Knievel and his diamond-encrusted walking stick filled with wild turkey? I remember that. That was was, was something else. 
He needed that walking stick after a, he you, tried to jump the 13 buses at look, Kings Island in Cincinnati. You'd better be a badass if you're going to walk around with a diamond-encrusted walking stick filled with wild turkey. Well, I would say, you know, going full on and breaking nearly every bone in your body at Caesars Palace in 1969 probably would contribute. That makes you a badass, yeah. He did that. To survive uh, that. Also on Prohibitive Items Week, they found these gigantic knives. Look at these, Jeff. They were in guys' carry-on bags. I mean, that looks like one of those knives that's uh, in Crocodile Dundee where the guy pulls it knife. He goes, it is not a knife. And then he pulls out that job and goes, yeah. now that's a knife. What the hell happened to my shillelagh? I need to text some of my old roommates about that. I don't know what happened <laughs> to that shillelagh. Yeah. Okay. All right. We have... Uh, I thought about that thing in a minute, and I kind of miss it now. Yeah. Uh, Belton Gringo says the Hispanic Titanic could have helped his season by coming back for senior year. Instead of hitting 091 and single A, yeah, he's just getting support there. It's 22 at bats. Come on, yeah. give him some time. Yeah. <laughs> an emotional, su- an emotional support, support shillelagh. shillelagh. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Here we go. We'll continue to light the tower on the horn.